0: Human trafficking has an extensive history persisting throughout the existence of humanity. It spans across every corner of the globe and with the advent of the internet, the problem is no longer confined by physical boundaries. Welcome to The Scaries, brought to you by Racer Co. I'm Sky. And I'm Talitha. We are proudly broadcasting from Treaty 4 territory here in Regina. And in each episode, we tackle the alarming, inconceivable, questionable, shocking, and scary statistics relating to impacting and intervening with the lives of women and girls worldwide.
1: You'll hear the scary truth, take away tools and tips, and learn about what you can do about it. And the scary is an opportunity to raise awareness, share resources, and use our voice and power as women and supporters of women to make some real change. We'd also like to note that the views expressed on this podcast are solely our own, and this is for entertainment purposes only. We will be sharing, especially in this episode, some, uh, some content that could be triggering to you, so please listen with caution.
0: As straight, cisgender, white, able-bodied settler women, we are aware of the privilege that we have, and we want to use this platform to spread awareness about the scary reality women from around the world face in different life situations. Why? Because sometimes nothing is scarier than being a woman.
1: So we'd like to preface this episode by saying that it's not going to be an easy one to listen to. It's no. a, It was a hard one to research, to be honest. And not because of it's like a difficult topic or a complex. It is those things, mm-hmm. but more so because it's a very raw, real mm-hmm. and scary and really unspoken or untalked about topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Topic. Uh, so, in addition to our normally advi- normal advisory at the beginning about you know this content could be triggering, just please be aware that there's going to be some really horrific realities that we're speaking to um, that so many women and girls in our country and around the world face, and um, and that topic is around human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Like I said, it wasn't an easy topic to research or an easy one to even talk about, to be honest. And that's maybe why it's not talked about that much, but mm-hmm. it really should be. Um, but it's something that's so, so, so important to raise awareness of and... Um, just be caution about and uh, be aware of some of the signs and and that type of thing to safeguard yourself and your and your families.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's something that's very heavy and unsettling, to say the least. And so I guess the question is, why are we talking about it now? Why choose to talk about it? So uh, the National Month for Human Trafficking Awareness in the United States is January. So when we're recording this and here in Canada, Human Trafficking Awareness Day is observed on February 22nd. So we're right in the middle of these two important times Um, and there's also actually an International Awareness Day led in uh, July and that's endorsed by the United Nations so there's a few different times of the year that it's I guess brought to mind um, and brought to top of mind but uh, but just because of where we are and where we live and we thought we would talk about it now and spread some awareness. But regardless of the day or the month of awareness, this issue is massive and it's growing. And compared to so many other issues, this one is shockingly quiet in the media. That said, with the cold weather where we are, it's still minus 40 ish um, and everyone hungering down and going online where many traffickers do their lurking and luring. We thought now is a good time as ever to raise awareness about what's happening every day of the year. Right before our eyes, but we don't seem to see it, and no one seems to talk about it. It truly blows my mind that there's not more
1: on this in the mm-hmm. media every day. When we hear drugs, we hear all the stuff about the cartels and da da da. But we never, like, you rarely hear about yeah. this. Even movies and media and mainstream, like, mm-hmm. pop culture, you don't see a lot about it either, which is really alarming. Um, and it makes you ask a lot of questions. Yeah, um, and. One statistic I found really made this uh, put into perspective for me. So, according to the International Labor Organization, human trafficking is the fastest growing and second largest criminal industry in the world. Fastest. Second largest and fastest growing after drug trafficking.
0: So, so good. yeah, like
1: what is happening? And trafficking in people generates over 150 billion USD per mm. year. So it's big money making Big money. Yeah. But so are drugs. Yeah. So why are we like, why is this? I don't understand.
0: Well, and as we will go through, there's a lot of like sneaky ways that people are getting around it and doing it. So obviously big money to be made and not really having to, leave your house or do anything with it
1: yeah and like when we did look into this a little bit about like the why why is it so quiet and it's even hard to find anything that because it's so hidden true yeah and there must be some big players at the top keeping this all hidden like it's there's Mm -hmm. lots of connections in the background but um the scope of human trafficking in canada specifically and around the globe is much much larger than reported there's actually very very few convicted cases um or discovered cases of it which is crazy. yeah. So in Canada specifically, police services recorded only about 4,000 3,996 incidents of human trafficking between 2012 and 2022. Over 10 years. That's Mm -hmm. only like 4,000 incidents but there are probably 20 times that. Mm -hmm. This only scratches the surface and the majority of victims are unreported and remain hidden in the shadows. I don't know if the police have different records that just aren't sharing them but a lot of the um, statistics we'll be sharing are actually from Statistics Canada Canada. So it's like right yeah. on the like, government, um, but just no one's talking about them. No. And when we looked about who's the most impacted by human trafficking, you may take a wild <laughs> guess on the answer.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Women and girls represent mm-hmm. 72% of all trafficking victims globally, 72%, and 77% of detected female victims are trafficked for the purpose of sexual exploitation.
0: <sighs> so, I guess one of the biggest misconceptions is that trafficking does not happen in Canada, or or in any other Western and I'll say developed quote unquote country, but unfortunately it does. It's happening everywhere and it especially happens in Canada. So what's worse nowadays you don't actually need to cross the border to be trafficked. You can just be trafficked right right here in your own uh, comfy home. So in fact, according to Statistics Canada again, as we will be referencing a lot, 90% of reported victims in Canada are Canadian citizens and among these victims, 96 Six percent are women and girls. And of the known victims of human trafficking in Canada, 25% are under the age of 18. So that's known victims. Again, so many Mm -hmm. we know that we don't know about. Oh, yeah. Uh, And That's just a very small portion of them. So further to this, in Canada, it's actually a crime under the Criminal Code and the Immigration and Refugee Protection Act, which obviously should be. I hope so. Jeez. This is a crime. I don't know what is. Yeah, exactly. But figuring out the full extent of the problem is tough due to the hidden nature of the crime, as we said, of victims being hesitant to come forward again for fear that they will be further trafficked, um, and the challenge of identifying them. So the Department of Public Safety for Canada has outlined those who are most at risk, which include Indigenous women and girls, migrants and new immigrants, 2 LGBT. TQIA plus persons, children and youth in the child welfare system, those who are socially or economically disadvantaged, and migrant workers may be particularly vulnerable to exploitation and abuse due to many factors such as language barriers, working in isolated or remote areas, and the lack of access to accurate information about their rights. And I just actually wanna note, um, and we've previously mentioned this in another episode, but we will be doing an episode in the future about the specific targeting of indigenous women and girls and the focus on this genocide on its own because it is something that is, I don't wanna say plaguing because it's so much bigger than a plague. It's, it's a genocide, oh, yeah. um, but it's in our country and it's definitely a huge por- part of the human trafficking piece, but it's also so much bigger. So we will be covering that in a future episode.
1: And if you've listened along since episode one, you'll notice that like pretty much every episode we've had brings up the disproportionate impacts on indigenous women and to mm-hmm. us LGBT UIA plus and migrant workers and women of color oh. and, 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 but indigenous girls is very much mm-hmm. a um, area of concern again, specifically yeah. here and in other places as well. So. Today, back to the back to this specific topic is so how how have we missed this? How is this happening right under our noses? Well, in Canada, the majority of traffic victims in the sex trafficking arena are Canadian-born teenage girls, some as young as 13, who are recruited in various ways, including school, social media, and at shopping malls or grocery stores. Techniques used by traffickers include building dependence by buying gifts and even posing as boyfriends. It actually even is reported that the younger male members of street gangs stimulate affection or simulate affection, um, pretending to be interested in in these young girls romantically as a tool to recruit young women. And there's also, I, I think we'll get into this later, but mm-hmm. also young girls being helping with trafficking as well. They pretend to be friends with these other young mm-hmm. girls, get them into their cool girl clubs, and then they... Traffic them mm-hmm. so p- parents with teenage teenagers out there, just be careful. Yeah, really, just
0: be careful about those social medias that they're on and where they are.
1: And yeah, it's Ugh.
0: it's just it's terrible. And again, we'll get into this in a little bit later. But it's the the social social media and internet of things that have really like ramped this up exactly. Yeah.
1: So another misconception is that traffickers are strangers, similar to interpersonal violence and the things that we went through uh, in the past. They're not. Commonly, coercion and grooming are a part of trafficking and this means that traffickers often build that relationship with the mm-hmm. victim. So they've been talking to them, they've been grooming them for months and months and months, um, establishing the trust and the emotional connection so that they can manipulate and ultimately exploit them. In fact, only 9% of traffickers were complete strangers to victims. So they were like walking around the mall and they were taken. Um, Due to this coercion, many trafficked victims do not identify as victims of trafficking because they're like, oh, I was chatting and we were dating and whatever it was, right? Victims may also be too fearful to report or may not trust law enforcement, which is common, or may have an ongoing intimate relationship with the trafficker, and many will go undetected as a result or as they're being sold online. These factors all affect reporting, which in turn affects the statistics and the amount that it's talked about.
0: So, like, when I was a kid, I was a worrier as a kid. I mean, I still am. I have a lot of anxiety. Um, and to fuel this anxiety, I also uh listen to a lot of true crime things and like consume a lot of true crime things. But like my fear as a child, and like I think still to this day, that's like always lurking in the back of my mind is like being taken or like being, you know, like by a stranger and whatever else. Like that was my like big fear as a kid. But I mean these statistics are also showing I think that's like another whole thing. But mm-hmm. these statistics are showing that like it's someone that you know. Right. Or you built a relationship relationship with with, or you think, you know, right. Whether or not, you know, the truth. Right. Exactly. Or like their insights. Yeah. Like that's just which is even so much scarier because you build trust and then. Obviously, these are where these trust issues come from. So, during this research, we actually came across a really eye opening report from Voice Found on behalf of the Department of Justice for Canada that was released in January 2023. So, just one year ago, called Finding Our Voices Lived Experiences in Human Trafficking. So, the participants include 21 females and one trans female who participated as lived experience experts in semi-structured qualitative interviews for this research study. So they had been trafficked at some point in their life. The majority of the participants were first trafficked between the ages of 13 and 18 trafficked more than once and were and all but one participant indicated that they had attempted to exit more than once so Mm. they had tried to leave multiple Mm. times when they did exit successfully half the participants said that they did so on their own without any support so the questions that were asked in this interview and in this study looked at demographic data and corresponded with a survivors timeline from beginning trafficking during and exiting trafficking and then also after following up on them after exiting trafficking the research also included a section where survivors were given the opportunity to share additional insights directly to justice canada so like these things went right to justice canada Um, and i'd like to share a few of those now just so i can we can continue to set the stage for why this is so horrific and just really understanding the reality that so many individuals are in and why it's important to discuss this issue. So many participants indicated based on their lived experience that they have not seen enough education and awareness about human trafficking, particularly for youth and especially for at risk youth. Mm -hmm. Prevention of trafficking was also mentioned when discussing the the support of youth. Um, And as described by one participant, she said, we need to prevent human trafficking by educating kids and youth, especially at, kids, child, at risk children and youth. Sex workers, trafficking victims and survivors have a lot to give back. We are more than what has happened to us. I was a junkie and on the streets and look at me now. I felt ignored and forgotten and less than. I got sober and got the help and support I needed and have so much to offer society. Uh, several other participants noted that human trafficking is more prevalent than we think and involves people of different races, religions, cultures, and statuses, regardless of whether they are a victim, a trafficker, or a john. This prevalence makes prevention a key aspect of public safety. One participant said, based on her own experiences it could be your child. People don't speak about it enough. Women are scared. It could be your auntie or somebody as young as 12. We need more resources to help these girls. Another said, I wish they knew how it actually is in person. It's not like in the movies when someone is trafficked. There needs to be more understanding about the long-term trauma that happens because of this. And finally... Participants highlighted the significant positive influence that trauma-informed care and lived experience support have had in their lives, and they wish to see the same degree of empathy and concern exhibited whenever they interact with law enforcement, the justice system, and service providers. One participant said, I wish they knew that we needed the appropriate help to heal Completely. People helping people is great, but we also need prevention as a society as well. We need to help people become members of society. People that end up here usually have some kind of history and we need to address the root causes.
1: Hmm. Wow. Thank you for sharing those. That's, ooh. they're intense. <sighs> yeah. It makes me think like, well, we need to start teaching this in schools, like yeah. straight up, like go through the fire drill and then go through the, whatever the shooting school I don't even know what they're yeah. teaching in schools these days with like all these prevention yeah. safety things but like this needs to be one of them yeah um so yeah I know there are pages and pages of those probably firsthand accounts of trafficking oh. and what's happened and how the impacts are lasting and forever really psychologically and and physically really yeah um so yeah We'll link some of those in our in our notes and you can check more out if you're interested.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, they were not very nice to mm. read, but I think I mean, that's also like a place of privilege to be uncomfortable of course, and reading yeah. those. Uh, So moving into actually defining what human trafficking and the history of it is, I think first I should clarify that human trafficking is not the same as human smuggling. So human Mm -hmm. trafficking happens without people's consent and can occur both within borders and across borders uh, or without transporting victims at all. As we will hear in a second and if you had the two confused you're not alone according to the canadian center to end human trafficking 95 percent of canadians mistake human trafficking with human smuggling the misconception comes from people associating human trafficking as an international issue involving people from different countries being transported in shipping containers in reality human trafficking is actively happening across canada and most cases looks like intimate partner violence mm. Yes. Human trafficking has an extensive history persisting throughout the existence of humanity. It spans across every corner of the globe, and with the advent of the internet, the problem is no longer confined by physical boundaries. Human trafficking, also known as modern-day slavery involves recruiting, transporting, and controlling people for exploitation, like forced labor or sexual abuse, which are the two kind of common categories Mm -hmm. that people find themselves in. The United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime defines human trafficking as the act of gathering, moving, receiving, or keeping human beings by threat, force, coercion, or deception for exploitative purposes. Throughout history and across different cultures, slavery was once widespread, legal, and even regulated regulating slavery so often one group of people would impose it on another but in the 19th and 20th centuries a global movement emerged to abolish slavery in all of its forms and actually our efforts to understand and combat human trafficking have roots in these movements Mm -hmm. so while slavery is no longer legal anywhere human trafficking still occurs everywhere we're not going to dive into the deep history of slavery and human trafficking but it's important to chat about the deadly impact the internet and social media has had on human lives so nowadays there's no need to physically relocate exploited individuals thanks to video streaming victims are exploited globally Mm -hmm. while staying in one place. The human trafficking market has significantly grown online, especially on platforms like OnlyFans and Pornhub, known for insufficient monitoring of trafficking. Additionally, seemingly harmless social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, WhatsApp, and YouTube, all all of the heavy hitters Mm -hmm. are used for trafficking activities. Social media is not only involved in distributing digital content, but also plays a role in grooming, recruiting, and advertising sexual services. In 2000, the United Nations agreed on the United Nations Protocol to prevent, suppress, and punish trafficking in persons, especially women and girls. I'm just going to call this the protocol. Um, This was the first agreement to recognize modern slavery and the possibility of men being victims. The definition was then broadened to include organ harvesting, slavery, and forced labor. In, it just keeps getting grimmer. Yeah. Um, in March 2007, the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime launched the United Nations Global Initiative to fight human trafficking, to encourage a global effort against human trafficking. This initiative shows a renewed commitment by world leaders to combat this issue. And by December 4th, 2007, so seven years after that initial meeting, 116 nations had signed the protocol now several non-governmental organizations or ngos uh, collaborate with governments to combat human trafficking larger ngos like save the children and amnesty international also incorporate Mm -hmm. anti-trafficking efforts into their work which is great Uh, so these organizations those ngos that are working with governments focus on different aspects of the human trafficking issue so some concentrate on preventing through initiatives like education skills training and legislation while others provide aftercare, supporting individuals who have been rescued from trafficking, all of which were actually highlighted in those direct quotes that I read earlier Mm. from that Justice Canada report um, showing just how important these NGOs are and highlighting the insane impact that they can have. (sighs)
1: So that's some of the history or I guess the background of kind of uh-huh. how this is spawned from slavery to today and what it like modern day slavery really it looks like, I guess. Yeah. Um, so as we dive into the stats a little deeper and look at what's happening right now, right here in Canada, according to a study done by Statistics Canada, there were only like I said, 4000 around a police reported instance of human trafficking since since 2012 to 2022 so over 10 years incidents of human trafficking accounted for only 0.02 percent of all police recorded crime during this time over that 10 years and represented an average annual rate of one incident per hundred thousand population that's so so just like hardly any I wonder if it's just people just don't know they're being trafficked. Like they just yeah. def- don't know it's happening until it happens, and then it's too late, and they don't report it. And then when they get back, or if they get back, right? I know, mean, I think if they it's like
0: get out of it. Then it's they said that know, it looks like intimate partner violence, or it can yeah. look like intimate partner violence, especially if they're being like sex trafficked. Uh, and I'm sure, like by the time you actually get out of it, you're like, I just never want to see this yeah, person exactly. again. I never want to forget with it. about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and when we think about that episode, like one of our like first episode yeah. about intimate partner violence, like the statistics are staggering on that, and oh, there's yeah. so much reported crime, but still not enough, not all. Mm-mm. Um, but yeah, I wonder how like it's blended a little yeah. bit. I oh think, yeah, here and the
0: the lines blur. Yeah, a lot. for
1: sure. So in 2022 alone, so a couple of years ago now, there were 528 police reported incidents of human trafficking in all of Canada. And this was only a slight decrease compared to 2021 where 555 incidents reported. So it did decrease, uh, I mean, by like, not many
0: yeah like 25 (laughs) yeah but still
1: like i'm sure it actually wasn't uh i'm sure it was more just not Um, reported exactly and when we look at longer term trends between 2012 and 2021 there were year-over-year increases though in the number of police reported incidents of human trafficking like except for in that one year the increases in the number of incidents may indicate a rise in offenses or improved overall detection but slight very slight as you can see
0: i would say it's not the increase in overall no like detection i don't think I so. Don't think it's
1: improved i think maybe as years go on we're more aware of it we you know people are slowly getting more informed about what to do and mm-hmm. prevent and the signs but again not even close where i learned about a lot of this is tiktok to be mm-hmm. honest like and not it's people trying to traffic me per se, but like people I follow these like parenting it. safety things, and that's a lot of the topics that they talk about nowadays. Yeah. So looking individually at the provinces and territories within Canada, t- only two of them, but the two big ones, exceeded the national rate of one incident per hundred thousand population of report police reported human trafficking between 2012 and 2022, and those two provinces were Nova Scotia at 3.1 per hundred thousand. Cases followed by Ontario at 1.6 per 100,000 population. So Mm -hmm. interesting. So, furthermore, when we dig into these two provinces and what's happening there in Nova Scotia, they accounted for 8.7% of the human trafficking incidents because they have not as many people, but the per amount of people right. they're having a lot of cases. And in Ontario, they counted for 67% of the incidents across Canada, which is the majority, despite respectively representing 2.6 and 39% of the Canadian population the same year.
0: So Nova Scotia has such a small population, but they have so many more instances, which is why they're ratio is high, yeah. but their percentage of what they account for is lower. Is mm-hmm. that- yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> like, I know. I'm trying the, to like, uh, wrap the math. My brain around this. Ain't mathing. But I mean it it definitely maths, but we're not math people. So no. um but I mean I like, like it it can it makes sense to me in that way because yeah. Nova Scotia is a very small population. I I think that their population is, I don't actually know offhand. I would assume close to ours.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I think f- maybe
0: more. A little bit more. Yeah. yeah. But not huge. So then if they have that many more instances, so still a small population accounting for the entire population. I wonder how many times more I can say population. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, that seems to be about right. Yeah.
1: So, Statistics Canada, if you want more information on that stat, check out Statistics Canada Uh and you'll find it all. Um, And we'll link it in our notes. But Mm -hmm. uh, Statistics Canada also noted that the relatively high rates of human trafficking in Nova Scotia have been linked to the provincial's geographical location. So, Nova Scotia has been identified as a hub for human trafficking due to its coastal location, right? They could just get right off into the ocean where victims often move from the Atlantic Canada to the rest of the country or from the rest of the country to this province and moved elsewhere. So that makes sense.
0: Yeah, they're like just that I don't want to say shipping yard, but they are like it's just it's absolutely just easy to yeah. go missing. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. Well, I don't can I don't know why this next ad actually surprised me, but according to Statistics Canada, the majority of instances of police reported human trafficking are in urban centers. Um, and I think it surprised me because I just feel like I always feel safer when I'm in a big city mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. there's so many people around and you're like, there's lots of people walking around. But I mean, obviously that's not like mm-hmm. What they're basing a stat on but anyways in 2022 the majority of human trafficking incidences at 82 percent were reported to police in what statistics canada defines as census metropolitan areas so like cities. There are large, densely populated centers made up of adjacent municipalities that are economically and socially integrated. This is right from Stats Canada. I just want to make sure that we are reporting accordingly. (laughs) But yes, that just means a city. Um, So almost half of all police reported instances. So again, I know we keep saying police reported instances, but like this is all that we can report on. This is all that Stats Canada can report on is the police reported incidences uh, of human trafficking. So all of these almost half of these in canada between 2012 and uh 2022 as scholar was saying were reported in five cities so toronto had 911 incidences or 23 percent of all in canada ottawa had 364 or nine percent montreal had 249 six percent halifax in Nova Scotia, had two hundred and forty three, six percent, and Hamilton had one hundred and sixty with four percent of all instances. Four other cities reported a high number of human trafficking in- incidents as well. Saint Catharines, Niagara, mm. had one hundred and thirty six. London, Ontario, had one hundred and thirty. Vancouver had one seventeen, which is actually very surprising for me, for being like yeah, a I huge city. More, yeah. yeah, interesting, and being right coastal, right? Yeah, exactly. Like That's yeah, like a huge hub. Um, and Edmonton. I had 109. I was also really curious about where our city sits because Mm -hmm. there has been some interesting stories and warnings circulating on social media over the last few years, like people's like personal accounts of either like almost being trafficked or like being like, I don't want to say kidnapped, but like being Stolen, like apprehended yeah, from the
1: grocery yeah. store. I've heard of
0: the grocery store a lot. Yeah. yeah. And like, I felt uncomfortable in a couple situations mm-hmm. at the grocery store as well. So like, I think that they are very much so based in fact, but... With that, I couldn't find anything super concrete in terms of numbers like these actual police reported numbers. An October 31st, 2023 Leader Post newspaper article highlighting the work of the Saskatchewan Trafficking Response Team said that between January 15th and August 24th of 2023, the unit received 14 human trafficking investigations Mm -hmm. and assisted other agencies on five more. And that, but that doesn't mean that charges were laid or convictions were handed out. So just under 20 human trafficking reports in our city, which I f- is
1: in the last year, right? And that was just, yeah. Year. And yeah. that wasn't even
0: the full year, just January to August.
1: I still feel like that's not even close. No,
0: but that's yeah. still, that's a high percentage. If that's like, yeah. if those were actually all real, that's a pretty high percentage for our population. Mm. But yeah. Anyways. Ugh. Yeah.
1: Well, based on the high percentage of women and girls who are trafficked it's not a surprise that the majority of people accused of being the traffickers are male. In fact, 82% are accused of human trafficking or male. Men aged 18 to 34 account for 64% of people accused of human trafficking. And across adult age groups, the proportion of men accused of human trafficking outnumbered that of women with four in five or 80% accused identified as men in each adult age group. So there you go. However, this pattern was not consistent among youth accused of human trafficking. Like I mentioned earlier, yeah. among the 109 youth aged 12 to 17 accused, 12 years old, uh, yeah, among the, yeah, among those 100 people, uh, youth accused of human trafficking, a larger proportion were girls. 55% were girls, and boys were 44%.
0: That is so interesting. Very to interesting. Me. And I actually remember seeing, like, in that. Um, epstein netflix uh, yeah thing yeah that, i was just like, watching that the other day yeah the girls the girls that are like interviewed and that yeah. that actually makes sense okay so why though like what like besides I, I, they're obviously just brought in for that reason or like they're like part of a bigger ring or like what's happening well Apparently not much is known about the female human mm-hmm. traffickers.
1: It's uh, There seems to be some confusion between who's a victim and who's causing harm. Likely those traffickers are also victims, but they get paid or that's their role or who knows what. Right. Um, people might see women, especially young ones, as more reliable and innocent. Um, and again, they're not building that. It's a different type of relationship, right? Like right. It's not a predatory relationship that you'd see if it was like...
0: It's like sisterly. Exactly. Yeah, like we're all in this together. Like, well, let's go make
1: money together, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, so because of this, some traffickers might use women who have been trafficked, like I said, before mm-hmm. or trick or to persuade other women into being trafficking, using the same manipulation and control. So this means that women and girls accused of human trafficking might actually be victims themselves. So there yeah. you go.
0: No, that makes that I mean that makes sense. It's terrible um and awful and it just like perpetuating this like systemic issue, but yeah. So between 2012 and 2020, again, this like same reporting period that Statistics Canada looked at, most victims of human trafficking, 91 percent, knew the person who trafficked them, about one third, 34 percent, being trafficked by an intimate partner. Traffickers often pretend to be romantic partners to lure victims. And some victims are trafficked by casual acquaintances at 22% or those with criminal 13% or business 11% relationships. Friends at 5.7% or non-spousal family member 2.9% trafficking is less common. Mm -hmm. And I actually read an Interesting article that uh, traffickers had been known to use social media in grooming potential victims and sometimes work together on teams with one attempting to erode a mark's confidence. So like saying, like commenting, you're so fat Mm. um, on someone's post while another showers them in compliments to build rapport like you're so beautiful. So the trolls... Um, mm, are working. Have a hidden agenda. Yeah. Yikes. Which is really scary because yeah. there's a lot of them out there doing a lot mm-hmm. of crazy things. But I think least surprising of all of these stats is that the COVID 19 pandemic worsened human trafficking. Two-thirds of frontline workers reported an increase in online recruitment for sexual exploitation, including webcam and forced online pornography. Europol even noted increased online activity related to child abuse material, which is awful. Like we saw in our very first episode about intimate partner violence, lockdowns and limited services made it harder for victims to escape and closed borders trapped them. Essential support services were also reduced, allowing traffickers to adapt to the situation by moving their illegal activities to private properties and online.
1: As if the pandemic wasn't bad enough. We got all this.
0: So much more. Yeah. Even worse.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. <sighs> so after all, this is happening. <laughs> Just a silent scream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why?
1: <laughs> so this is all happening more and more right under our noses. Um so what is the lasting mm-hmm. impact? Again, it's growing. This is the, num- the second largest industry, criminal industry in the world. That's great. It's growing. Yeah. So what's the impact on women and girls specifically? Because we know that they're the most affected. Mm-hmm. So obviously, this is a no-brainer. There's some serious, serious physical and mental health impacts. Um, some of them are. It can lead to the loss of basic human rights, obviously, mm-hmm. childhood innocence, family Mm -hmm. stability. It results in severe mental health issues like anxiety disorders, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and of course, substance abuse. Mm -hmm. Research also indicates that women trafficked for sex face higher levels of fear, isolation, trauma, and mental health challenges compared to other crime victims. These women also encounter higher rates of physical and sexual violence, obviously memory loss, sexual transmitted diseases, and traumatic brain injuries. Survivors of sex and labor trafficking, especially females, often experience depression, anxiety, and PTSD. And a study in England revealed that 78% of women and 40% of men who survived trafficking reported high levels of these mental health symptoms. Another study in 2022 highlighted the potential for sex trafficking victims to develop Stockholm Syndrome, forming Ooh. an emotional attachment to their abuser. So they just never leave, probably. Um and substance substance use, abuse, and addiction are also common outcomes among human trafficking as mentioned. So just the spiral, it it's, just goes down and down and down, right? Like it's just so hard to get out. It just
0: adds new challenges. Well, and I think even like reading that Justice Canada report, it's like one thing perpetuates mm-hmm. the other. Exactly. So like then you become dependent on substances. So then therefore you need your trafficker to like give you money to for subs and all they supply all these things. And yeah. well, and the
1: women, like we talked about in the beginning, who's the most susceptible, what type of women mm-hmm. uh, from what kind of intersectional identities, a lot of them are already those equity deserving groups they are already marginalized. Yeah. They're already probably facing economic challenges yeah. and you know, all those
0: things. So it's like you start hard and you go into an even harder place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just so unfortunate.
0: So the next question then we have is what is being done about this right now? We've gone over a few of the things, but here are a few more. So to address the increasing number of women and girls that are trafficked every year, the United Nations adopted the specific protocol to prevent, suppress and punish persons trafficking in persons, especially women and children. As I mentioned, the protocol supplementing the United Nations Convention against transnational organized crime back in 2000. However, the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime 2020 report highlighted an urgent need for more preventative and responsive mes- measures, and as the number of children who are trafficked has tripled over the past 15 years. <sighs> Over the years, the rising adoption of technological devices, as we've said, the Internet and social media and the globalization of movements have allowed people and children to move between countries easily, thus making it easier for perpetrators to commit human and child trafficking crimes. Mm -hmm. In fact, a UNICEF 2016 report stated that every two minutes, a child is being prepared for sexual exploitation. Gross. Absolutely disgusting my kids aren't ever getting social media. <laughs> I know. After like, like doing never. these things, I'm like, my son will just stay in a dark room. and oh, never. <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. A Statistics Canada report released in December 2023, so just last, m- last month, shows a small portion of trafficked people see their traffickers brought to justice, that police solve fewer than half of cases, and that most instances reported to police do not result in charges being laid why How? so essentially like nothing happens they just i do not understand people How? are not being brought to justice mm. half of cases are not solved and yeah and charges aren't being laid in Canada, the National Strategy to Combat Human Trafficking was announced in 2019 to prevent and address human trafficking, including providing support to victims and survivors. Despite legislation prohibiting all forms of human trafficking, both within and outside Canadian borders, as we've said, it's against the law, it is difficult to detect and measure due to its hidden nature. So, victims of human trafficking are generally isolated and concealed from the public, and many may experience barriers or being willing Willing to report or being unwilling to report to authorities for various reasons, including a general distrust of authorities, feelings of shame, fear of consequences, language barriers, or a lack of human rights knowledge. So not even understanding what your human rights are. Yeah. So a lot of work to do, as yeah. you can see, um,
1: which is why really why we wanted to spend some time on this topic today. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably, like I said, get into it more, even more deeper in, into the future. So what are some signs we as parents, we as women, we as supporters and allies can do to recognize human trafficking and be proactive? Here's a couple, so there's five I think here. Mm Number one is poor living conditions and working conditions. So if you're seeing someone with limited communication and social interaction, they're not able to use their phone, they're not able to connect with you, they're working really, really long hours over long periods, they don't have any days off, they live in poor substandard conditions, they have no access to medical care, they receive little or no payment or no access to earnings, These are some signs that something sketchy is going on. Another one is limited communication and social interaction. Kind of hand in hand with the first one, Mm -hmm. but... um, you know allow they don't allow others to speak for them when um addressed directly so they have to like go through you're talking to a couple people they act as if they're instructed by someone else they have limited or no social interaction they have limited contact with families or people out of their media environment um they may not even be able to communicate freely with others so if you're seeing your children or your friends or anyone really withdraw and be mm-hmm. distant and not talking like that is a major red flag emotional and physical control um, you know, they might think they be- they must work against their will. They're unable to leave their work environment. They show signs that their movements are being controlled. Um, they can't leave. A lot of these are very reminiscent of again interpersonal violence. This is just domestic what I was thinking violence. like they're basically locked in and fully controlled by their
0: like being their tracked accuser. on your phone yeah. and like mm-hmm. not having social media passwords and like all those types of things. Exactly, and yeah. so those are all, like we said, go hand in hand,
1: and if you're worried about either of them they're probably linked they They could be linked linked. so just be aware um some of the other things there like in terms of physical and emotional control is just they're high anxiety, subjected to violence or violent threats for themselves or other family members. They have injuries or likely to be a result of assault. Um, They could be distrustful of authorities, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, The fourth one is restricted freedom of movement. So again, they're locked in their work environment or they're not allowed to go anywhere. They are tracked on their phone. They don't even have a passport or like any possessions or don't have a vehicle or anywhere to get anywhere. They might have a false identity. That could be interesting, especially for those younger ones. Um, They might not know their home or work address. So, yeah, just be aware Mm -hmm. of some of these things, Um, especially for those medical workers out there who are like checking these things and Mm -hmm. seeing assaults come in and, you know, seeing some of the things like asking for identity and things like that. And you can't find it. Those are some big red flags. Mm -hmm. Um, Victims who have been trafficked for the purpose of sexual exploitation may also be any age. So again, just, it's doesn't it just have to be kids or youth. Like These are young women, women of all ages, really men too. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't discriminate on that. Uh, they can move between brothels or work in various locations. They could be escorted to and from work activities. So they have someone who's kind of always lurking around with them. Some of them have tattoos and marks indicating ownership by their exploiters, which is interesting. Oh, like, like branding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they often sleep where they work. They, or they live and travel in groups. So they're always with the same kind of gang or people. Um, they often are times with people, other women who don't speak the same language as them. Um, very few of them have a lot of clothing. So you may see them wearing the same thing over and over again. And usually it's something that's worn for sex work so something mm-hmm. that you likely wouldn't wear on a minus 40 day right out and yeah. about um and they likely have no cash of their own or they're unable to show again like
0: id or any identification so so with if you see all of these things happening and you know you think that maybe someone is being trafficked what should you do well we are obviously not the be- experts on this. This is just the research that we've come across. But if you believe that you have identified someone in a trafficking situation, either labor or sex trafficking, alert local law enforcement immediately. And it may be unsafe to attempt to rescue a, traf- a trafficking victim. So just um, be aware of the risks also that may pose to them um, and to yourself as we don't know how the trafficker, the person who is doing the trafficking may react um, and also may retaliate against the victim. If, however, you do identify a victim who has escaped the trafficking situation, there are several organizations that they can access for help with shelter and medical care, legal assistance, and other critical services. We will include links and a few phone numbers in our show notes. Um, Some of those include like the YWCA's, the transition houses, um, legal aid, and pro bono law are also some good legal assistance that offer... Very free or minimal costs. But uh, one national organization we'd like to highlight for Canada is the Canadian Human Trafficking Hotline. It's a confidential multilingual service operating 24 7 to connect victims and survivors with social services, law enforcement, and emergency services, as well as receive tips from the public. Uh, there is a toll free number that we will include in the show notes and then also a chat option online. So uh, we please look for that and um, use that service if you are in Canada. If you are in the United States, the National Human Trafficking Hotline provides 24-7 toll-free phone, SMS text lines, and a live chat option available to connect individuals who have experienced trafficking with services and support. So, similar to what the Canadian Human Trafficking Hotline does, but for the United States. So, that was heavy. Um, There was a lot of information, that we didn't even touch on. uh, And for very specific purposes, um, uh, we didn't want to traumatize ourselves. too much and wanted to continue enjoy doing what we do through this podcast but uh we really hope that you learned something and you took something away and that you have a couple tools that you can add to your tool belt to be the best uh you know scary in the world and Mm -hmm. do it scared um but thank you for joining us and stay tuned for more ways to make a positive impact together through doing this we can make the world a little less scary for women and girls
1: and so follow us on instagram at raise co and at scary's and on tiktok at raise co and just remember that change starts with awareness and action and really today is the awareness piece so just being aware of this so you know what to do or the signs and just again thank you for being a part of the scariest community and making this world a little less scary for it to exist as a woman
0: bye bye